0: How much does one night of destructive behavior really matter? We would like to think that once we feel like we're back to normal, that there's no more consequences. But every cell in our body remembers, and our choices and what we experience echo in our body through a process called epigenetics. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I have discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Welcome back to Physically Spiritual. You've made it to the second episode of our series about the body, how the body can become an ally in our quest for holiness, Our previous episode was about the intelligence of the body. In upcoming episodes, we're going to be exploring uh, different things the body does that we might not even be aware of and how uh, things we can change about our lives can help our body become an ally in our quest for God. Before we get started, I want to remind you about our show notes. In the notes are all the references I'm using, especially now that we're going to be uh, kind of talking more about science and medicine. There'll be references to different podcasts and videos to watch my articles on these topics and also uh, references to different articles that I'm citing during the podcast. Uh, if you want to support Physically Spiritual, I'd invite you to become a member of the Awaken Nation. The Awaken Nation are patrons of Awaken Catholic. So head over to awakencatholic.org and join the Awaken Nation. Everything we do is important. Every choice is either toward health or disease there are really no neutral choices. Uh, the same plays out in the area of virtue. Everything we do is either making us more free or less free. Everything we're doing is either helping us be more and more the image of God we're called to be, to love others, to experience freedom and joy, or what we're doing is actually slowly enslaving us, obscuring the image of God in our life, and, and drawing us away from what we're called to be. This also plays out in our body. Our choices have the sort of reverberation or echo in our physiology. Everything we do and, and everything that happens to us has the potential to cause changes in the ways our genes express. And this, uh, this phenomenon of the genes changing, in a sense switching on and off, is called epigenetics. The word epi simply means over or on top of, and then genetics are our genes. Uh, So epigenetics is gene expression. Uh, Nearly every cell in your body has the same DNA. Uh, For those science people out there, deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA. Um, And these groupings of DNA that encode for the creation of proteins are called genes. Um, We get our DNA from both our parents except for the mitochondria in our cells or the little powerhouses of our cells have their own DNA. And all this DNA actually comes from our mother in the mitochondria. Um, so DNA is read and transcribed into something called RNA. And then ribosomes translate the RNA into protein. And this is, is, is kind of the, the basic of our foundation of our physiology of the way our whole body is functioning. Um, so there's, thousands and thousands of these genes in the human genome. And depending on um, either a a default setting, for example, explaining why um, my eyes, my skin, my heart, my toes all have the same DNA, but each one of these cells is so different. Um, There's something in epigenetic expression that, that makes these uh, cells grow the way that they're growing so it explains the differences in our own body this hardwiring of why the eye cells are eye cells and why they're cardiac cells in my heart and skin cells on my toe um but but there's also a section of these epigenetic expressions that are affected by our choices and our environment uh, so we in a sense have have power over which of our genes express themselves and which of our genes are silenced um I want to give you a couple examples of areas where, where we've discovered that this works. One is a connection between a possible connection between exercise and addiction. In a 2018 study published in Frontiers of Psychiatry, a study found that a group of people doing moderate exercise for about 30 minutes a day, five days a week uh, experienced silencing in, in genes that were um, uh, associated with um, abuse of alcohol. They found these, these people whom exercised for a certain period of time that, that their genes literally switched off that were previously contributing to their addictive behavior. Uh, another example is uh, with parenting. Now, before I say this example, I want you to just take a breath. Um, I know when parenting comes up, the enemy often whispers in our ear uh, condemnation. Uh, so we judge ourselves harshly, I think, when we're responsible for other people. Um, so don't hear this and, and think that I'm judging you or that you should judge yourself or that you've ruined your children or something like that. Let us take a breath, um, receive this as information, and then use it to empower your choices in the future. So a, a 2016 article published in the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry found an association with a mother's diet during pregnancy and the methylation of genes associated with hyperactive symptoms. So, so the, basically, the less healthy the mother's diet was during pregnancy, the more likely the child was to exhibit hyperactive symptoms later in life. The healthier the mother's diet was during pregnancy, the opposite was true. Um, now, these aren't, these aren't du- necessarily direct cause-and-effect relationships. They're correlations, meaning in, in the children who exhibit these behaviors, it's more likely that the genes are expressing this way. Uh, dads aren't off the hook either. In a 2014 study published in the Journal of Nature Neuroscience, Uh, trauma was associated with epigenetic changes um, that changed the metabolic and behavioral issues in the children. Now, this was a mouse study. So they took mice who had experienced trauma and then used the the mice's seminal fluid to impregnate females. And then those baby mice were both more metabolically unhealthy and more behaviorally unhealthy. Uh, so, So both the mother and the father can pass on these epigenetic marks. Uh, through the beginning of offspring. So all this is pretty amazing. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about the good news because hearing this, um, you might be scrolling back through your whole life and figuring out ways to, to feel bad about things you've done or things you've chosen or blaming yourself for your children's problems or something like that. Please don't do that. Because the good news is you can change if your genes can be switched in ways that are unhelpful for you, they can also be switched back. This means that there's, there's nothing uh, like an epigenetic change that you've caused in your children that they can't switch back. Right? They can change their life. We're, we're not condemning our children by our choices. Uh, we're creating a foundation that then they build on and grow from. So your genetics are not a death sentence. Um, A lot of people have thought of their their genetics as a condemnation or somewhere they're stuck. Like if all of my parents died of a certain disease, now I'm just I'm I'm going to die of that too. Well, the genetic expression might make that more likely. There might be things you can actually do to silence those genes or behaviors that you can do to to work against the way those genes are expressing. Um, So with this knowledge, we have a significant amount of control on our outcome, on where our life goes. And, and how our, our body reacts in certain situations. So we're not condemned to the fate of our parents. Um, now, a lot of the research on epigenetics is new, and we understand some correlations, but there's a ton of complexity. There's tens of thousands of genes expressing in the human body, a lot of them um, coding for multiple different functions in the body. Um, so there's a ton of complexity when you add this epigenetic layer to it. In addition to that, it's a hard topic to research. Because while um, you can do a, a study where maybe um, you expose a mouse to trauma, it's not ethical to expose humans to trauma <laughs> um, so it's it's hard to study this in living uh, human people, so a lot of the research is done with correlation, meaning they'll they'll take a cohort of people that are e- expressing a certain thing in their life and they'll look at the way their their genes are expressing themselves, the epigenetic signatures, and then they'll ask the question. You know, is there a connection here? Is there a correlation here? So we'll eventually get to a place where I think where we have a pretty clear understanding of, of what genes not only do what, right, the, the decoding of the human genome in a functional way, but also then what we can do behaviorally to change those epigenetics, what specifically switches them on and off. Everything is information for the body, We ended with that idea at the end of the last podcast. Everything that we do is information that the body receives and reacts to. Um, So in in the case of epigenetics, you can think of the genes you have, your DNA is your genotype. When you add in your environment and what, what you do, so what happens to you and what you're doing to the world around you, then you have the expression of your phenotype. So genotype plus behavior and environment equals phenotype. And we each have a, a unique way that our genes are expressing. And this is why most health recommendations can't be blanket recommendations. Right? There's a great need for individuation um, when we're looking to optimize our bodies and, and change our health. So a diet that works for your neighbor might not work for you. You might wonder why um, maybe you know somebody that tried something and lost 100 pounds and then you try the same thing and it doesn't make any difference. Or maybe um, when you took a certain food out of your diet, it's drastically changed your mood or the way that you experience the world around you. A lot of these unique experiences that we have when we make changes come down to this idea of phenotype. Um, but it's not just um, one layer working and interacting with one other layer, a one-to-one causation. It's our whole life, the complexity of everything we do and everything we experience meets our whole uh, gene code, our, our whole uh, complex of of gene expression um, so so in that complexity yet someday uh, we're probably going to go to our doctor's office and they're going to take a, a bit of our blood and maybe a bit of our saliva and skin tissue, and then they can run tests on it, and then right before our eyes, we can see what our genes are and then how our genes are expressing, and then maybe there'll be some artificial intelligence that gives us a, a formula of, of how to eat or how to sleep or something like that to optimize or to, to switch off things that aren't helpful in our specific situation. A lot of the, the struggles in, uh, in life and, and disease expressions come down to uh, gene expressions that were previously helpful, meaning that they, they served some, um, some important uh, function in our evolution. So maybe 50,000 years ago, it was important that every time you ate a lot of fruit that you gained weight, right? And so this way, when the the fruit came into season before the winter, you ate it up and you ate as much as you could and all of it you could see. And that's kind of how our body reacts to sugar. And then you gained extra body fat so that then during the winter, when that food wasn't available, um, then you would lose that weight because you'd have periods of fasting and periods of scarcity and periods of famine um, and, and you would sort of digest your own body fat to survive the winter, right? So that would have been extremely helpful. Uh, fast forward that to modern times, would that be a helpful uh, adaptation to have? That every time we see sugar or have fruit that we never don't want to stop eating it? No, no, it's, it's very unhelpful because uh, it's kind of always fall now. <laughs> we, we, there's never a time when we don't have every kind of food available to us. Um, so that same gene expression that was essential for survival thousands of years ago is now unhelpful in our modern environment and causes a lot of damage. But not everyone experiences that. You know people who can eat and eat and eat and eat, and they never gain any weight, right? So, so what is this? This is the way that their, their gene expression is meeting the environment and their behavior. The, one of the other pieces of good news is we don't have to wait for science uh, to catch up and decode every bit of human epigenetics and every bit of human behavior in order to start um, improving the way our epigenetics help us to live a healthy life. Um, The same things that make healthy humans uh, will make healthy epigenetics In, in a sense that these gene expressions were formed by the experience of our ancestors, right? So, so when we uh, are asking the question how to live, for example, what to eat, how to sleep, how to exercise, how to connect with another person, how to set up an environment that's really going to enrich us, um, we don't need a thousand randomized controlled trials and, and, and great studies of, of massive amounts of population. Um, we can just simply ask the question, well, what makes a human flourish? Right? How How would my ancestors have lived in a way that that matches for health. And I'm not here proposing that we go back to a paleolithic lifestyle like we we all um, go out and live in tents in the woods or something like that. It might work for some people. Uh, go, go spend a few days in a tent and see how you feel. Um, there are people in certain parts of the world that do what's called nature bathing to deal with trauma or to heal. They actually literally go out in the nature for days because people experience this resting of their nervous system and then a greater openness to, uh, to healing out in nature. Um, so some people actually do that for short periods of time, um, but we can't recreate the environment of our ancestors. And on the other hand, all of our ancestors didn't live in the same environment. All of them didn't eat the same foods. Uh, so depending on, on our, our genes, different behaviors are going to be helpful for, um, for some of us in some situations and harmful for others in other situations. All this is to say, though, um, that when we're, we're thinking of how we feel and our choices, um, one, holding the fact that all of our choices are significant, right? Everything we do has some level of importance, some level of meaning. We already know this is true spiritually, right, that every, every choice we make is either bringing us closer to God or further from God. Uh, but this is also written into our bio- biology. Our bodies beautifully reflect so many of the truths of our theology. Um, and then, when we're um, sometimes when when we're feeling stuck, right, we can ask the question, "What can I change in my life behaviorally or environmentally to change the way my body is expressing in this situation?" So you might be able to actually search for uh, some research that's been done into some specific area that where you struggle. And and if you're really having a hard time with something or or experiencing a lifestyle disease, you might actually choose to uh, have. Your, your genome sequenced, right? Have your DNA tested and there's artificial intelligence or, or doctors that can look at that and then interpret it into behavior um, and, and customize your diet or customize your lifestyle in a way that can be really healthy. Thank you for watching this episode of Physically Spiritual. I want to remind you about our show notes. Uh, this is one of the more scientific episodes and and epigenetics is certainly one of the the newer fields of science so i would encourage you to take a look at the show notes to uh, learn some of the the more the details about this topic um, to find some of the research that have gone into this episode and also to branch out and to learn more Uh, also check out all the articles and things that i'm publishing at becominggift.com and if you want to support the show go to awakencatholic.com and join the awaken nation Thanks for watching this episode of Physically Spiritual. If you're watching the show on YouTube, make sure to press the like button, subscribe to the Awaken Catholic YouTube channel, and turn on the bell notifications so that you can find out when new episodes are released. Also, it's super helpful if you could leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or your podcast player. At Awaken Catholic, we're dedicated to bringing people to truth through beauty. This show and all the shows here on Awaken Catholic are only possible because of people like you. You can become a part of what makes this all possible by making a tax-deductible donation for as little as the price of a cup of coffee a week. To join the Awakened Nation, visit awakencatholic.org forward slash join.